1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Buffington. The Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. The shot is throw. Roberts, safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, co-hosted by John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. Did I say episode 125? 125. Man, born out of the pandemic and still kicking. Uh, this is fascinating to me because, you know, last week, we we try to be ahead of the curve, right? And so last week we we were already talking about who's going to replace Boone and, and Cashman. And I want to start this week. You know, we want to talk about the Red Sox and Yankees, of course, and the Red Sox. You know, having to play the Dodgers on the weekend and the Astros again, it's it's just it's going to be tough no matter what. And I I truly believe that the season will feel successful if they're over five hundred and they finish ahead of the Yankees. Like if the Yankees finish in last place. I hate, I hate to say it, but it's going to feel really good for me. It feels really good right now, and I feel bad about that because you're a friend, and Matt Saroy's our producer, is a friend. But seeing them at the bottom, to me, feels really good. It's weird, though, Brian, because living in Connecticut all these years, I'm so used to Red Sox fans being, Jack being up my you-know-what, right? <laughs> but it's almost like they feel sorry for us. They're not saying anything. Well, it's funny because I don't want to dance on any graves or whatever, but... I felt like in the last couple of years, the the Yankees haven't been that good, and they found a way to just make Get the there. playoffs. Right. And so, because like whether it's Glaber and all these guys that I kind of know who they are, but I kind of don't. Like, there's something outside a judge that's so nondescript about the team. So I have cared less about it, but I will. T- I'm just telling you the truth, like, and I'm not trying to tweak you. Like, to see them at the bottom, it's weird, but it also feels good. Well, I also took a little solace in the. Sox beating the crap out of the Astros, too. Oh, my gosh. It feels so good. It feels good, right? But I'm like, in a way, I'm rooting for the Red Sox. Right? That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. But at the same time, it's like, you don't want the Astros. No, I don't want the Astros. I don't think baseball, other than, like I always say, the 300,000 fans that like the Astros in the world or whatever, right. uh, want them to make the playoffs. But, yeah, I take a little satisfaction in the way they whooped them up. So how do you feel this week? How do I feel this week? I mean, listen, I, I knew the season was over like a month ago. No, no, I get it. So, I'm, so I'm over that. Um I'm happy that Judge is playing better, but he's still, like, the only draw. We know that. He is the only draw for the Yankees. Um, It's just kind of still depressing that even though they're out of contention and they've been out of contention, they just can't even, like, try to play good baseball. Have they quit? Do you think? I mean, quitting stuff because they're professional. I don't think athletes quit. You don't think so? I think I I think. I think the situation brings them down so it looks like they quit. Like, take Anthony Volpe, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Not having a great year, but there's bits and pieces of his game that are good. You know, defensive run saves, that kind of stuff, home runs. But I feel like if the team was better, he'd be better. Yeah. You know, he'd be batting, I don't say he'd be batting 280, but I'd say he'd probably be up around the 240 mark. A little more confidence, not being juggled around the lineup every day. That's a good point. That kind of thing. You know, where Judge is really the only person when he's been playing that's stuck in the spot where he belongs, you know, in in the two hole. Everybody else has been all over the place. You know, you don't even know where anyone's playing. And then, of course, I'm always on the rant about why IKF's not playing because he's like the third best player on the team. Right, which but, is bad enough as it is. But to your point, it's like if you're going to try to be good, you need some consistency. And it's like the Yankees have never the whole season ever had a normal lineup more right. than a few days. 
They've just never had the pitching. They've just never had the hitting, and it's just been a total disaster. So in a way, you know what? I'm not really that upset because I've seen it. Right. It's I've, a slow boil. It's a slow yeah. boil. Yeah. Let me let me quiz you. As of Friday, what do you think the percentage chance of the Yankees making the playoffs? Is? Oh, it's zero. It's no. It's point two. All right. Yeah. Zero point two. Zero point two. So. Well, it's zero. And, and you know what's <laughs> it's it's almost it's like more than it's about seventeen and a half percent for the the Red Sox. Now they have the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are unbelievable. I mean, and just and Mookie Betts is really um, he's really unbelievable. He plays wherever he wants. He's such a good baseball player, and it just seems that when the and 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 then they have four with the Astros. So I I think it's difficult unless Toronto. I think Seattle's gonna make it, and and so my ideal scenario. And we'll get into this. Maybe this is a, a decent. We'll put a pin in it because we're going to talk about the playoff scenarios after Shohei. But I would love to find a way for the Astros not to make it. So, like, Texas has to change what they're doing because the way Texas is playing, the way Seattle's playing, Seattle's going to win the division. But I don't know that that's going to happen. But I, I, I think that the Red Sox will not make the playoffs. But if they can somehow go 500 through Dodgers and Astros, well, it's actually seven. So if they could go even four and three, there's a chance there because those are those are two teams that, I mean, even though you hate the Astros, they're really good. And the Dodgers are really, really good. And so I think the next, you know, seven days will really tell you something about the Sox. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to win all the games and you always want to win series, which the Yankees haven't done all year, win series. Um, but it would be really nice for them to beat up on the Astros because obviously those are the guys that they're chasing in the wild card. Um, I, you think they can make it is my question. It's a no. I mean, it's a no. I don't really think so because they just they never really pushed it past that three-game, two-game mark. Yeah. It's just never been that push. Um, I I don't really know off the top of my head what their schedule past these seven games look go, looks going out, um, so that would be a big factor. I still think that, and I I said it before. I think the Seattle Mariners are are gonna get in there. I think they can do some damage. I just you know when you got a player like J Rod, and and you can just you can just you can breed off of him. You can feed off of his energy, and it's great for the team. And that's like something the Yankees don't have. You yeah. Know? I mean, look at the Red Sox when they were when they won their World Series and the shopping carts and the dirt bags and all that. They had something to they had something to gel around, right? An identity. Now, now everyone's got these home run celebrations and hats, so it's everyone's got the that. big chains, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. But you know, the, there's those generational players like the Judges, the Shoheys, and I'm telling you, J Rod's going to be one of them. Interesting. He's, he's going to be one of those. Just players. FYI, after Houston, it's KC, then Tampa, then Baltimore, then the Yankees, and Toronto. I mean, they have some some mostly difficult series. They have, you know, the White Sox and the Royals and everything else. Outside Who do they of the finish Yankees. with? Well, I know they finish with the Orioles four in Baltimore. So that's going to be a tough sell. Well, yeah, because Baltimore might need those games. And uh, boy, I love Adley Rutschman at the top of the order for Baltimore. But anyway, let's let's just segue. You you mentioned those those players that you pay to see. John Senecal, Brian Shackman here. Episode 125 of Fan Base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. The biggest talker this week is Shohei Otani. Uh, probably, I would imagine, needs surgery on his UCL. Uh, everyone's saying it's costing him hundreds of millions of dollars, and maybe he won't pitch again. Who who, who knows? And then there's this whole thing that's been much written, so we're not going to get too into it, that obviously the, you know, people are saying that the Angels obviously made a huge mistake not trading him and then trying to go for it. And is it stupidity or tragedy? You can judge it. So I don't, I don't, I don't even know how much we want to get into that. What, what's intriguing is that 
would I think as a hitter only, if you gave that money to Judge as a hitter only, he could still be a five hundred million dollar player. So I mean, give me your thoughts. So here's my thoughts on Shohei. I I don't see a scenario where he's not gonna get Tommy John surgery. I think it's right now it's more of So a, that costs him a whole year. Yeah, I mean I would think he's not gonna pitch he wouldn't pitch at all in twenty twenty four. But if he gets obviously. surgery he can't hit either, right? He's out. Well Bryce Harper had surgery in November and was back in May. So Six months, probably. He could, if he got it now, which he's not going to do because obviously the Angels want the gate and he wants to keep the numbers padded to keep a contract in, in place, right? He's not just going to walk away. And you can't injure it further by hitting? Well, I mean, of course you can injure it. You could probably injure it scratching your head, right? But he'll DH and not field. He cannot he'll, he'll make throws in the outfield. No, he, he was a strict, strictly DH anyways. But, you know, maybe he tries to evolve his game in the free agent market. But what I see for Shohei Otani going forward, other than the fact that he'll probably lose some money in a contract and maybe – you know, he might get a longer contract with some opt-outs. You know, if his agent's good, maybe an opt-out after two and an opt-out after three so he could retool it and maybe go somewhere else. But honestly, I could see him maybe becoming a closer for a team. Hmm. You know, since you got that Shohei rule where you can hit and, and pitch basically at the same time and and flip-flop around in and out, um, why why tax the guy's arm? You know, you know what you got in the arm. He's got electric stuff. Let him hit, keep his innings down, and bring him in the eighth and ninth inning if you have to. Now, is... Again, everyone's body's different. If you've ever seen slow mos of pitching, pitching is like alcohol. It's oh, so man. damaging it's to cringe. the body. It cringes you. It's really not meant. The body is not meant to throw the ball 95 miles an hour. It's just not. So eventually, things are going to break down. I'm wondering, did they overuse him? Did they? My biggest beef with the Angels is that they were talking about arm fatigue and they were saying cramps. There was something going something on with them weeks on. ago. Yep. And why wouldn't they have run a whole battery of tests and stuff on this guy if he's worth more than gold? Like, I don't understand why. I don't think this tear happened in the last week is my point. Right. And so I think that the the Angels, I'm, I'm, and again, like, I'm not into medical malpractice or whatever. I just feel like they didn't handle it right if this guy was having some arm, clearly was having arm trouble in the last maybe six weeks. Like yeah, there, the, there's been a lot of cramps and fatigue talk in the, in the last his last three starts. Um, I think I think the the whole thing with his issue goes back to just he's a Japanese pitcher, and if you read anything about Japanese pitchers, they throw about a zillion pitches before they're 20 years old. Oh, so he's already had a lot of mileage. I mean, look at them all. I mean, Tanaka had the, for the Yankees, he had the same thing, but he opted not to have surgery. He just rehabbed it basically for like a year huh. and came back and pitched his 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 contract out, and then went to Japan, but. You know, he was on the back end of his 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 cycle, where right. Shohei is right, basically in his prime, in his prime for picking, right. So he's got to make a really smart decision here. But at the same time, you know, two Tommy John surgeries in f- four years is not good. I mean, Nathan Evaldi had that, and look where he is. He's on the he's on the IL right now. If he has another Tommy John surgery, wait. So so Shohei's already had one. Yeah, he had one after his rookie year. So, and he's a UFA after this season. He's, he's, an un- he's unrestricted. Okay, so yep. basically a team's going to have to sign him to rehab him for a whole year. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be able to hit if he does get the Tommy John surgery or he just opts for, you know, rehab. I'm sure he'll be able to hit. So would you sign him? That's that's the next step in the process. You're going to be paying him anywhere from 30 to 60 million next year to do almost nothing. Right. I think it's it's a matter of uh, what role you want him to play. I, if I was a GM, I would want him That's my question. I, if I'm a GM, I don't want him throwing 7 or 8 innings a, a game. I don't want the fact and we all know you can blow your elbow out and any pitch anytime. But 
you limit the innings, you limit the the workload. You know, he what he's been doing for the last what five years in MLB or six, five yeah six years in MLB hasn't been done obviously since Babe Ruth did it before well, he became and he, and he does it better than Babe and he Ruth. does it better than Babe Ruth. But it also shows that maybe he can't do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like. You know, you call the guy a freak of nature, but it's like, how long can you be a freak of nature? Right. You know, and like the shelf life of, of professional athletes is usually pretty short anyways. You know, right. Longer for baseball, but your point is, is that if nobody's done this kind of stuff before, either you're not supposed to or you're cheating. Right? Right. right? I mean, right. and he's not, by all means, he doesn't seem like he's a cheater. So so I, going back, if I'm a GM, I'm, I'm, I'm signing Shohei if he wants to do both. Because, I mean, obviously, he's going he's gonna to kind of dictate it. The terms, right? Because does he like doing? I don't even know the backstory. Like, does he love both? I does think he so. want to do both? I think so. I mean, I, I I would think so. But who wants to sit around and be a DH, right? Well, some people like it, but I mean, I definitely understand the point. You want to play baseball. Yeah. The whole point is to play baseball. So you, I don't you think still haven't answered the question. I don't think he's getting a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract. Is what I'm saying. I think if okay. you, if there's any sort of length in this contract, there's going to be outs in it. There's going to be some sort of outs where he can get out of the contract to get more money. So I'm guessing it's going to be something like in the thirty to thirty-five million dollar range, probably for him. And then you he, see Shohei signing like a. It has to be more than a three-year deal because. You're basically giving up one year, yeah. so it's got to be a minimum of four. So, you, so maybe you give him a five-year. Don't you think know, some stupid team will give stupid deal. money? You don't think like it only takes one team to ruin a market, right? So you don't think there's one team like Seattle will just be like the heck with it? Let's just roll the dice because then we can lock them in. Because once you, if you have them, you have them. If you don't have them, right. you don't know if you can ever get them. So once you have them, you're basically making some sort of you know, gamble that he'll get it straight and then he'll be with you as opposed to having to go get him. Or you, you know, or you sign him to a long-term deal knowing that, you know, if it's a 10-year deal, you get hopefully seven years out of him. And I think of Strasburg. I mean, like, Strasburg's going to make tens of millions of dollars. I mean, his his future earnings just, like, makes Bonilla almost like a cakewalk. It's crazy. I mean, he he's basically pocketed $250 million for, like, two seasons, basically. And he had to retire. And the only reason I bring him up is that that's the risk you run. Right. And who's going to know? And I think the other thing with the Strasburg con- contract, that the fact that it wasn't insured, I don't think Otani will get insured. No, no, I don't. I don't see anybody that's going to insure someone. It could have a second time. So John. whatever. So if you, if if a team goes stupid year, stupid money, they're on the hook for all of it. Yeah. And it's but, just going back to the Strasburg thing. It's funny you brought that up. It's crazy to me that insured or uninsured. If a player just decides to retire, then I, he's still going to get paid. See, that's the thing I didn't understand because I thought if you retired, you don't, you don't, you because if they release you, you still get paid. Yeah, and and but this uh, is your choice. You're hanging right, it up. So maybe they came to some agreement on his. He's not able to play. That's a great because that's the first thing that came to my mind is that I didn't know the contracts were guaranteed if you retire. I thought that the team technically could make you make every possible effort to play until a doctor, a neutral third party, says you can't. Right. And that's the only time that you can get your money and not play. I, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about any sort of medical diagnosis on him or you know not being able to medically play. So I'm guessing it's something in the MLBA contract the labor I said deal. I was thinking the same thing on that. Like how can you just do that and get all your money? I mean, he's going to get 35 million dollars annually through 2026 for doing nothing. For doing nothing and then 
He'll receive 26.6 in 2027, 2028, and 2029 in deferred payments. This guy's going to make, let's see, 35, 70 million, and then, Jesus. Another 60. Another 60 on top of that. That's 100 and. No, more than 60. He's getting 26.6 for three years after that. Yeah. So that's like, oh my God, he's 75. Yeah. $150 million to do nothing. For nothing. Man, I need a. I wish I could pitch. I would wonder if they're going to be like, listen, you got to like come here and do something, man. You know, work in the bullpen with players, sign some autographs. I mean, be a special liaison. I don't know. Because if you know, remember Strasburg's story, it was kind of the freak of nature, right? Like he was the guy who went to the, like, I think the junior college in California and he was a super overweight kid that was like totally out of shape, but threw a hundred miles an hour. Right. And then he buckled down, got in shape. And then if you remember, he came to the Nationals, and they were making that run for the World Series. And they shut him and down. they shut him down. That was, I was gonna say, the only thing I remember about him is that they, they decided to manage him as opposed to go for it. And there was a huge debate yeah. about whether to do that. Now, they did get one World Series out of that run, but they got very little relative to the talent they had. And looking back, they probably should have run him ragged because he broke down anyway. Right. I don't, we're talking about that they're, they're people and human beings, but... I thought that, you know, they did treat it with kid gloves just a little bit too much. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Now, you just got back from vacation. What did, did you go to St. Martin? Yeah, I went to St. Martin. Why do they spell it so weird? Well, because one's Dutch and one's French. So that's St. Saint Martin is... Is it the same island? Same island. Half is French and half is Dutch. So oh. I think it's... M- so you went to the Dutch side then because the way you... I, I was... I don't remember what the way the way it was because I, I saw your why your wife posting stuff on Facebook and it, I, think I was like is that side. the same island Yeah we well, we stayed down by the airport um we have we actually have a time stay by the stay by the airport Yeah and it was nice Yeah it's actually well if you go to St Martin the one thing you need to do is go to the airport because it's it's a beach called Maho Beach and you can literally stand on the end of the runway and the planes will fly over your head to the point where you could like throw a tennis ball up and hit them if you wanted to But that's not that relaxing. I, honestly, it's it's not you don't you it's don't not even that notice busy. it, and it's and it's really cool. I mean, who doesn't like watching planes land? I mean, I, it, well, when it goes over your head, that's super cool. I mean, yeah. and then they'll take off, and the jet blast like people will go up and they will hold on to a fence, and they could literally blow them on the jet blast, and they'll blow you right into the ocean. It's no way. I did it once like five years ago, that's where scary. I stood up there and it blew you into the ocean. And then I'm talking, they got these big planes, the KLMs and the Air Frances. Yeah, they have those Airbus A3s. Yeah, or whatever. so that's a little crazy to do that, but the landing part is awesome. But St. Martin's a beautiful, beautiful island, but it's just like any other Caribbean island. You know, around the resorts, it's great, and then you drive a mile oh, off yeah. the resorts, and it's, you know, slum towns. I told that story. We were in, I think it was Jamaica, and we had to divert and go back roads, and it was really, really rough to see. Yeah. Really, really rough. But uh, so, you know, people who know sports, they know, like, the Detroit Lions and and, and the, For- the Ford family in, in Detroit, but you had a pretty cool— Oh yeah, this is crazy. So we're on a we're on a. My wife likes to book like you know excursions yeah. if we go somewhere. So she always likes to do like these snorkeling tours. And um, <laughs> she booked the snorkeling tour. We go out to Anguilla, which is an island yeah. nearby. Great fun time. But you know, I don't drink. My wife wasn't drinking. But you, you drink on these. You're basically paying to drink. So right. I'm pissing my money away to go snorkeling. But it's fun, right? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the boat, and you know, of course, when you're not drinking and everyone else is drinking, it's that's my entertainment. 
Okay. Drunk people are my entertainment. Doesn't right? annoy you because it would. No, I feel it like doesn't it really annoy me. me. I've gotten used to it. I use it as an entertainment. I love right. going to concerts to watch people drunk. But let's get back to the boat. All right, so we're on the boat, and there's this there's this college kid who's on there, and he's with his girlfriend who's gonna who's gonna go to law school, and he goes to Bowdoin College, and he says he plays football and lacrosse, and nice. you know he's drinking and he's having a good time, and he's going around talking to all the people, and I'm kind of listening to bits and pieces of him. We're just getting a chuckle out of him because, I mean, he's wasted. He's, 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 oh, letting, he loose. he's okay. letting loose, right? Okay. And one part I heard him saying, talking about, you know, my grandmother is the one that has all the money, and, you know, my parents made me work all these landscaping jobs where I learned what it was like to work, and I'm the only one that had the CDL license because I was working with a bunch of guys with green didn't have their green cards, and I'm just kind of bits and pieces listening to it. And then I heard him say his last name was Ford. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But not one part of me ever thought he'd be like the Ford family. So he's he gets to us, and he's he literally will go around. He was introducing himself to everyone, like a politician. But in a good way. In a like, good way. Not yeah. like he thought it was a big deal no, or something? No, no, no. Just, you know, hey, by the way, my name is Liam. How are you doing? And just casual conversation. Like totally It just, wasn't Henry or William Clay? No. So he goes by Liam, but his real name is William Clay Ford the Fourth. Oh. So we we did our conversations and we did our thing and we get back and I said to my wife, I'm like, listen, with the internet and technology nowadays, we're gonna be able to find out who this kid is. Is he is he, you know, full of shit or not, right? Right. So right away we look up Bowdoin College football and there he is. William Clay Ford. It says that? William Clay Ford, it says that. And I look up, he's on the cross team. So I'm like, all right, this is interesting. I remember him saying something about his grandmother having a lot of money. So I go to the family tree, the Ford family tree, and I look, and his father is Will Clay Ford III. And as you go and you go and go, his great, great, great grandfather is the Henry Ford. Wow. So he is the fourth in line. To the Ford fortune. His, his aunt is the chairman of the company. That's so wild. So, but like, you know, I mean, this guy's sitting on a boat with us that he could buy the whole company if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just, to us, he's just some drunk he dude a, and pool noodles in the water <laughs> spilling drinks on the thing. But, you know, as, as you look back at it and you, and you think to yourself, way too scholarly for a 21-year-old. Way too personable, way too worldly traveled. I mean, this kid had an answer for everything. Like we were talking because my son's going is in the process of trying to go play sports right, in college. Right. So we're in, we're in the whole thing. And he I mean, this kid was like a wealth of information. Every school that we brought up, he had something to say about it. And he had I mean, and it wasn't like he was BSing us. He, he was right. down to like good, good information, good information. So it was actually beneficial to us. And we got a good kick out of it at time. But it's like you never know who you're with. Right. Yeah. You know, it could. It's true. That's why I say next to the Ford family. I would say to my kids and and anyone who knows sports, and it's it's not like this is new to most people, but it also shows like you, you don't you're not kind to people because you never know. You're kind to people because you should be kind to people, right. but you never know who's involved in anything that you do. And I say to you know the one year I coached at the college level, you know one of the pieces of advice I got is said watch 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 this kid when he doesn't have the puck, you know watch what he does on the bench. Yeah. You know, and, and even Division three coaches will go see kids play other sports because they want to see what happens when the when they're not the primary focus. Now, baseball right. is a little different, but it is body language, energy, and interaction with others is still something you can really read in baseball. But I I think those little things like not you never know who you're on. That's why you know my kids early on would we'd be at a game and they'd be like, Dad, that guy's blah blah blah. It's like his mom might be right next to you. Right. You know, like you you gotta be aware of this kind of crap. And it's true with effort. Like if like I have one child, I'm not gonna name him, 
that in one sport, if if he's got the ball, he's locked in and he's great. But if he doesn't, he not only does he not work, he doesn't know what to do. Right. And I think those things are huge, and it's true with like human relations. So um, that you never know what you can learn from people either. I mean, that's that's for darn sure. Yeah. That's cool. So it's a good trip. I I I, I might be going um, on a quick college visit to California with my daughter. Like I don't know about your son. Like we haven't done a lot of college. My my daughter doesn't know where she wants to go. Yeah, um, it's been well. Uh, I've driven all over the Northeast in Pennsylvania. I got um, a couple speeding tickets to prove it. Um, not in by the, the truck. In the truck. Yeah, I got nailed by those damn cameras. Dude. I think you should appeal them because I. I well, would... you can't. You can't appeal the one. You have to appear in person in Baltimore. Yeah. I got nailed by like a traffic camera in Baltimore and the uh, on a highway, in... not I... a, not a red light either. Freaking highway. That's joke. And I then think... I got nailed in Pennsylvania on a, a work zone construction camera that they put the sign up like literally as you're going by it but that they didn't charge you for it was a first time offense you got off for free but you know that's a slippery slope you know connecticut you, when this stuff comes around these stupid camera things oh they're already talking about it it's, you know uh, that. like and, they, and they're not they don't warn you they just throw those things up no no, no. i did it in new jersey and i appealed it just because i like going through the process and there were hundreds of people there appealing it and but you it, showed up i did yes yeah, i don't feel like driving to baltimore no City but the point sh- is and, but it's such Listen, we're so off topic. We got to go. It's all for it's cash grab. It's all it is. It's and I'm not grab. even a cynical guy. I mean, just it's like just like Spirit is. Airlines. That's a whole other right, episode. We'll talk about that Lady later. Leaning on the damn bag as it's on the scale. We got to go. Episode 125. Fan base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.